Do you remember as a kid sitting in the back seat of a car, watching the trees and buildings and houses go by while you went on a road trip with the family? Well, for me as a kid, one short road trip we always took was to Darlington, South Carolina. That's where my maternal grandmother was from. And we always celebrated Thanksgiving there. It was a treat for my sister and me because we got a chance to be with our cousins and extended families from other cities and states. And we also got a chance to be in a place of legacy. And one of the things that I remember about that trip is that we always punctuated the end of it looking out for Christmas lights that have been turned on. Because there used to be a time that Christmas lights being turned on indicated Thanksgiving had come to an end and we are now in Christmas season. And that's a favorite memory of mine. Well, today's episode is something similar-ish. It's not about Christmas lights, but it is about RVing and road tripping. Andrea Olafi shares about her love for RVing and highlights some of her favorite moments about her road trips. And not just the RV. We get a special treat about her hitchhiking adventures across Ireland and a stint in France. Now talk about road tripping. Andrea Leafy has traveled on every kind of imaginable vehicle from RVs to ATVs, helicopters, ferries, even freight trains. And for her, one of the most important travel mechanisms is your mind and imagination. She travels for adventure as a means even of staying still. And she finds great value in traveling as a way of finding yourself. She loves to travel. I'm Antonio Goodwin, your host, and you're listening to Freedom Now Travel, Express Yourself. Here we share inspiring stories about freedom and passion expressed and experienced through travel. Let's get ready for takeoff. Buckle up, here we go. Andrea, I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to you, to talk about the stuff that we usually talk about when we get together face-to-face. It's been a long time since we've been face-to-face. Yes. And then the things that we've talked about just, well, now we've started using Zoom and we just right. caught up like a month, month and a half ago. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. I'm looking forward to, to chatting and actually hearing about what in the world of Andrea is happening as it relates to freedom and passion being expressed through travel. Absolutely. I can't wait to tell you all about it. So to start off, tell us a little bit about who you are. Like what, what do you want the listeners to know? that maybe even I don't already know? Okay, sure, sure. Well, I mean, I'm a sign language interpreter. I don't know that that plays into this conversation so much, but that's what I do uh, for work and for fun. But as far as hobbies, travel is one of my favorite things to do, which is funny, by the way, because you know I never even got on a plane until I was 20. Two years old, my family didn't, we didn't fly anywhere. We did driving trips. So, uh-huh. I mean, the big thing for us was piling in the car and driving from New York State to Florida to go to Disney World. That's the farthest we ever went. You know, we'd go to Boston, driving trips. So, my very first flight was actually a flight from Gallaudet University, where I was going to grad school, one of those little puddle jumper planes. And I flew from Washington, D.C. to Burlington, Vermont. My boyfriend at the time paid for my flight. And I was so naive about flights. I packed my own lunch. And when they walked, came around with a cart and offered me a Coke, I said, oh, I brought my own because I thought maybe it'd be expensive. I'd want to pay for it. I love that. <laughs> it's like road trip on the plane. Bring yep. your own something. That was the way you're used to traveling. How was that first flight for you? 
I was not scared at all. In fact, I was so excited. It was, I remember taking off and looking out that little tiny airplane window and just smiling from ear to ear. I, it was a great, I think I spent the whole flight just riveted looking out the window, eating my lunch that I brought and everything. And I'll tell you what, I made up for it quickly because you know what my very next flight was? What was that? Just a few months later, I went from just going from DC to Burlington to Dublin, Ireland. Oh, you didn't waste any time then. Nope. In less than six months, I was on an international flight. And then my taste for travel just started right then and there. And I've, I've never stopped. So I have been to a lot of countries, a lot of states, a lot of destinations. And now my husband and I have really shifted our focus to more domestic within America traveling due to COVID, like a lot of people. But it really mm -hmm. actually sparked this whole new love for seeing America by car and RV. Well, it's almost like a full circle, it sounds like. That's the way your life of travel started as a kid. And now oh, it's like point. you're reconnecting with that again as an adult. It, what are you discovering now compared to what it was like when you were a kid? That's a big good, you know what? I did not put those two pieces together. Mm. That is interesting. Well, you know what, when I was a kid and we were in the car, it was all about getting to where we were going. So we'd probably take the highway or the interstate. And as a kid, you know, dad, how much longer? <laughs> Are we there we yet? for ice cream. And no, there was no stopping for ice cream. No, we got to hurry up and go. We got ice cream at home. <laughs> oh, that's great. The proverbial father. Uh, right? on the that's great. Wow. Did, did, did your parents ever stop for like food or snacks? We, no. we, we didn't do that long distance of road trips. We went to family gatherings, which weren't that far. So it was, yeah. And, and you know, was there, if there was any lunch to be packed, there were usually lots of kids. Like I'd be with my cousins or something like that if we went to like an amusement park. But no, not like that to Florida or something. We did a couple of trips to Florida couple of trips to Florida from New York State that would require, you know, two days or more in a car. So they had a spring spring for a hotel. That was just once in a while. It was more often a day trip, maybe four hours away to Boston, mm. um, maybe Niagara Falls as a kid. But it was more about getting there. My husband and I, what we like about traveling domestically is taking back roads, back roads, back roads. How come? We love it because you're going to see America. And it, it helps you not be in a hurry because you're not just in a hurry to get there and go as fast as you can on the interstate. And you get to see, for example, when we drove cross country in the late summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. So COVID was still pretty hot and I was gearing up to election time. We put 5,000 miles on that RV. We went everywhere. And you know what? We saw what masks were like in, in all these states, we saw how COVID was playing out. And then we also saw how people were voting because as we were driving through these small towns, we saw either Trump signs or Biden signs on wow. people's lawns. So you demographically, you learn a lot, even if you don't get out and talk to people, just being a visual attentive person and driving through small towns. We drove through what I like to call the square states, mm. Colorado, uh, I don't know, 
some like Dakotas. I don't even know the ones on the map. You don't pay attention to the states <laughs> like that. You don't pay attention to. Well, why why not pay attention to them? <laughs> I'm not saying not to, but <laughs> I call them the square states on the map because you know the coasts where you get excited, and there's right. a lot of states in between. Seem like they don't have anything, but in fact, it's kind of neat driving through the cornfields, past the farm equipment, through the little deserted. 25 mile, 30 mile an hour towns. The gas station with the sign that's just hanging on um, by a thread. Looks like it's about to come off. Um, How many of those did you see? Like, was that a, a, a theme throughout the travel in the small town areas or? Well, that's interesting. You know what? Definitely we saw a lot of very economically depressed small towns, mm. which was, you know, kind of depressing to see, but also just eye-opening because it helps you appreciate where you live, what you have. And when you are in a city that sometimes feels overwhelming and dirty and crowded, you think, well, at least we've got our own local economy going for us. I'll tell you, when you're driving, you really do see the effects of local economy on what's in the town. We, we also drove through past a lot of Walmarts, past a lot of big box stores, stores that you know, were closed up. You could tell they'd just gotten boarded up. But with that said, also lots of positive stuff. We went by state fairs and little local fairs. And Did you stop at any? Castles. Yeah, totally. Um, all uh, So we've driven cross country. Honestly, I'm not even sure, maybe four times now in the last four two years. Four times in the last two years? Yeah, we're a little bit hooked on it. Wow. Okay, so I want to hear about any of the state fairs that you notice something or experience something that was really surprising or different for you. And then I want to hear why four times, what is the impetus like to jump in a car and do a road trip? Okay, absolutely. So, well, okay, on the state fair question, the most recent one was in York, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania State Fair. And we found out it's actually the oldest state fair in the country. Is it? That's what they said. Huh. York, Pennsylvania State Fair. Now, we didn't go all the way there just for the State Fair. It was part of a larger trip this last summer where we actually went to Wildwood, New Jersey, where a uh, huge boardwalk, amusement park rides, yeah. water rides. We got one of those all-day passes. Even though we don't have any kids, it was just us adults in our 40s and 50s, and we had a great time doing all the rides, doing all the water rides, going to the old fashioned boardwalk arcade and playing those arcade games. Yes. Like Were they like the, the old fashioned ones like Pac-Man or? They had, they had those kinds of arcade games. But when I say boardwalk arcade games, which is kind of an East Coast thing, mm -hmm. I mean things like skee-ball Ah. Or the stuffed animals and the metal crane that you go and you try to pick it up. Ah, yeah. All mini basketballs, how many can you throw in 60 seconds? So very specific to like boardwalk style yes. carnival fair. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, that's very much an East Coast boardwalk mm -hmm. kind of an experience. Cotton candy, uh, candy apples, things like that. Fun house mirrors. Yeah. So uh, Wild, Wildwood, New Jersey was super fun roller coasters, water rides. And then we went to the Gettysburg, Pennsylvania area where now we're in an RV. So we went to an RV park that was also a farm. And it was actually a really unique experience. Check it out. It was an RV park slash old fashioned farm mm -hmm. headings. 
So the idea was it was meant for families, but you don't, you know, you didn't have to have kids. So you can park your RV on the grass instead of like one of those ugly RV parking lots. This was like an actual working farm. Grass and trees, as far as the eye can see, an old fashioned red barn, horses, goats, llamas, chickens. You can just pet them or, I mean, for the animals, you could pet like a, like a horse mm-hmm. or you could feed them. with Not, seed. You couldn't pet the people. Couldn't pet the people. <laughs> there were some people there. So that was a, a fun experience. And then we found out about the state fair. So we went and then at that state fair, it was very quaint. It was cute. It was small town people going out and having a good time, mm-hmm. celebrating America, going on rides, eating food, people proud to like sell their things, the sounds, the lights. It was, it was, it was really neat. Live music and 4-H clubs and, and everything. Four times in the last two years, because his parents bought an RV at our insistence. Mm-hmm. So his parents are retired and young-ish and healthy, and we wanted an RV. And so we, we talked them into it, like, why don't you buy an RV? So they did. So now we get to borrow it, but they live in California. So to get the RV, we have to go cross country and then drive it back. So it's uh, it's built in. If you want the goods, you got to go and get it. And then it gives us the excuse to drive. Way to structure it. Love that. Was that the intention? Yeah. Well planned. Kudos. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Oh, hey, have I, you ever have you ever been in an RV? I I have been inside, but I, I I believe you're asking like, have I gone on a trip in an RV? And I have not. I know it is a, a wish that my sister desires the family actually to do like a cross country RV trip, and maybe you're the answer to her desire. We could we have a resource right here. Yes. You know what? After we did our first RV trip, friends came out of the woodwork and people on Facebook were asking me all kinds of questions. Friends I haven't talked to in years or close friends. Everyone wanted to know because it seems we got this in the summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. And right around then, a lot of people were really interested in RV travel because of COVID. So you're outside and inside at the same time. You know, yeah, a lot of people wanted to know where'd you get it? How big is it? Is it diesel or regular? Where can you park it? Is it hard to do the hookups? How do you go to the bathroom? I felt like <laughs> RV Wikipedia page of answering all these questions. We love it. We love it. We like the RV better than just a rental car because obviously you can cook in it, sleep in it, shower in it. There's heat, there's air conditioning. And I'll tell you, that's nice. And it helps you be able to go and take a two week trip cross country. And, you know, you, you spend a little more money on gas and it's a not little more. free, a little more because it only gets 15 miles a gallon. Wow. Well, you don't have to pay for hotels. Right. It, it literally is a mobile home. It's a mobile home. Yeah. It's not bad. It's very comfortable for two people and a dog. So we got a dog six months ago mm-hmm. and our last trip cross country, we actually went New York, all the way down to Florida, Southern route, all the way across country to Riverside, California, where they are in the RV. Then we rented a car and drove all the way back within one month, but with our dog. And we wondered how our dog would handle it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? He loved it. Even um, all that time on the road, 
all those days down the road, all those miles down the road, our dog had a great time. So now yeah. we know the three of us, we can keep going cross country. It's a perfect fit. Did the dog have, uh, is it a he? I think you said he, he or she. It's a he. He, he had his nose out, out the, the window often. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the best part of the trip for him. So like one of us in the passenger seat, one of us in the driver's seat, and then he'd just go right in the middle. And in the RV, of course, it was kind of high. So you see him trying to like get his head up to look around. But in the car, which was lower, you you won't believe me, but you know that little like, not the glove box, but whatever you call the- like the console in the middle? Mm -hmm. Thank you. I knew there was a word for that. Mm -hmm. He would perch himself on the console and he's way too big for the console. I mean, that's a good size for a cat, not a 40 pound dog, but he would. He would try to balance and perch on that little like foot and a half- you know, eight inch wide console. So he could be up there with us. And if we made a turn or whatever, we'd have to take turns like holding the dogs. We wouldn't actually get knocked in. Oh, and sometimes he hit the gear shift and knocked us into neutral. Oh my God. Like, no, I'm serious. A couple of times while we were driving, he hit the gear shift and knocked us in the neutral. So then we had to like make sure one of us was guarding the the gear shift mm. and kind of holding him usually the passenger and then the driver's trying to drive a couple of times Mooney tried to get in the driver's seat while we were driving or <laughs> driving kind of elbowing him away. Like now Mooney, we're trying to drive. Wow. Mooney was quite intrigued with whatever was happening on the road. That's it. That's, That's awesome. it. What kind of dog is it? So Mooney is a mix of a little bit of everything. Mm. Pitbull, Chihuahua, German Shepherd, Dalmatian, Chow Chow. That's a lot going on in that mix. <laughs> yeah, there is. We'll pause here for a brief message brought to you by The Interpreted Life, LLC, committed to creating a world where everyone thrives using life design and intentional living. Maybe you or someone you know is figuring out life's next moves while in the midst of a change that you want to make or that you have to make. We coach people through that process by helping them live better, fuller, more extraordinary lives through sustained moment-by-moment thriving. The Interpreted Life, creating a life you love and living that life with passion. For more information, go to www.theinterpretedlife.com. So in one word or in one phrase, whichever shows up, what would you say would be that word or phrase that sums up freedom and passion expressed and experienced through travel for you? Joy. I mean, really joy. The first word that came to mind and I thought, can I, can I improve on that word? No, joy. Um, the minute I get in the car and we start to go anywhere, I'm just, happy. I'm happy to be in in motion. I'm happy to be with my husband, John. I'm happy if my dog is there, you know, our lives are busy and sometimes, you know, he and I could be home together and we don't even really talk just because we're both doing stuff. We're online. I have to answer a lot of emails and texts for work or people, or there's distractions. So when I get on the road, and I know I don't have anything to think about except being here now, here and now. It's joy for me. It's joy. Any worries, any thoughts go away. And you know what? There's also the joy in knowing 
that my friends and family are happy for me. It's really cool when I travel and people are genuinely interested. Like I post Facebook photos and it isn't just the random likes. People ask questions where they say, oh, you know, oh, you're on the road again. Wow. Where are you? Oh, you went there. How was that? Where knowing that um, I'm not missed, but it's good. It's good. Knowing that like no one needs me and people are happy for me. When I get back, they're going to be happy. When I'm traveling, they're happy. So yeah, it's just joy. It's freedom. It's self-expression. It's relaxing in, in a way I really can't get when I'm home. And it's joy. And I am really grateful I have the kind of lifestyle that we can take off as often as we want. And I'm really grateful that our dog does well in the car. Because I'll tell you, if he didn't, we, we'd have a problem. So, <laughs> Bobby, here's Mooney. So, we're, we're grateful Mooney likes the car and the RV. That's awesome. Let's see. Is there anything else you'd like to share in regards to any travels that you've done, any trips that you've had, or just anything you'd like to share about your yourself, your life? I would love to share about a trip. Did I tell you, did I ever tell you that um, when I went to Ireland in 1996, I went on a one-way ticket. I didn't know how long I was going to stay, where else I was going to go, when I was going to come back. Did I tell you that I hitchhiked all over Ireland? No. Well, you know what? Now, something is familiar about it, but it was many, 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 many moons ago when you would have shared that story, probably around 2006, 2008 or something. So That's tell it probably, again. Probably true. So in 1996, in fact, I tell you when it was, it was July 5th, 1996. Mm-hmm. I flew on a one-way ticket from New York City to actually to London. And then from London, a friend of a friend hooked me up with a house. I spent a night there. I dropped some things off, like extra clothes, a saxophone, a flute, instruments, because I didn't know how long I was going to stay abroad. And I wanted to bring my instruments with me. Anyway, I dropped, I dropped them off there, and then I got like a smaller flight to Ireland. And then I went to Ireland with one of those big, let's go to Europe backpacks, mm-hmm. you know, the kind I'm talking about that are really big and up on the, your back and super heavy. I filled that up with clothing, but I also brought my flute, my saxophone, a tin whistle. Wait, there's more. A microphone, a cord, a four-track recorder. Like, I brought all the musical gear I had. Wow. Knowing... I didn't know where I was going to go or how long I'd stay, but I knew I was going to be playing some music. I went to Ireland to start my trip. And then I stayed in Ireland and I hitchhiked around. I didn't know I was going to hitchhike. Like that wasn't, that wasn't the goal. I took a bus the first, like maybe one or two parts of the trip. And then one time I was waiting for the bus and I just got bored waiting for it. And I just put my thumb out and I got picked up and I hitchhiked. And after I did it the first time, I couldn't go back to paying for bus rides. Wow. I couldn't stop myself from hitchhiking. And I hitchhiked all over the whole country. I even went to France on the ferry, and then I hitchhiked in France also. Okay. All right. So, pause. Yeah. The hitchhiking part. Yeah. We got to know Andrea's hitchhiking journal across. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Across, across these lands. How was that? And, and was there any fear or how did you size a person up to say, yeah, I'm going to jump in this car and let's go. I got to tell you back then I was very trusting and, and, and rightly so, because I had all good experiences. So to answer your question, never had a problem 
all good experiences. But that's also really how I rolled back then. I, I had no fears. I had no fears. I had a very bohemian summer. I simply stood out there and put my thumb out and never looked back. I guess I never once got in the car and felt unsafe. I just did it. I did it because I kind of got hooked on it. I did it because I thought I'm saving a lot of money, which I did. I did it because I didn't feel like waiting for the schedules. You know, coolest hitch I ever got was in the very, very north of the country. I went to the northernmost tip of Ireland, Malin Head. If you looked at a map and you just looked at the very northernest tip of Ireland on top, there's a little tiny dot that says Malin Head out in the ocean. I got picked up by a farmer and a tractor. And he said, I'm going to Malin Head. Oh, by the way, a lot of times I got in the car and I just went wherever they were going. I didn't even have a destination in mind. Oh, I was just absolutely bohemian doing you this. Were- for real, for real, just on the way. <laughs> I really was. Sometimes they hitch the driver would like stop at a pub and get a lunch and a drink and buy me lunch and a drink. Sometimes we'd chat. Sometimes we didn't. Sometimes I'd go where they were going. Sometimes they'd drop me off wherever I was going. I mean, geez, you know, there's no one I kept in touch with. But I always wished I had taken a photo of every person who had picked me up. Oh, that would have been fantastic. That would have been an amazing photo book, but this was way before cell phones. Mm -hmm. So I did not do that, but it's, it's really like the greatest moment memories of my life was this trip to Ireland because hitchhiking all around the country and exercising that trust Mm -hmm. was just great. Literally um, never was scared. Not once. That opened you up to meeting quite a few varieties of people. I imagine. I did. I also went to pubs and played music. So I was really into traditional Irish music and I went for that reason. So I would just go to a random little tiny small town that I'd never been to before. I'd find the pub that people played music at. You know, they'd be like sitting around in a circle in the evening and just playing tunes, jigs and reels and traditional Irish music, fiddles, tin whistle players, flute players, guitarists, banjos, like those kinds of instruments. Mm-hmm. I would just join in the jam session, pull out my tin whistle and just, just go. And people, you know, welcomed me. Sometimes I'd meet someone at the pub, go back to their place with them. I met some guy who was a uh, Italian. I remember he was a white Italian guy, but he had this hair and little dreadlocks. And I met him at a pub one night. I don't remember what city. I went back to wherever he was staying, crashed at his place for a couple of days. And then we went and played some more music. I went, sometimes I went back and forth across the country. I mean, it was nuts. It was a great time. I never wanted to come home, to be honest with you. Wow. Wherever the wind was blowing is where you went. Yep. So what was the impetus? Why Ireland? The music. It really was the music. I went to play jigs and reels and hornpipes. And that was because I was living in Portland, Oregon, where they had a huge Irish contingency. And I just fell into it. I fell madly in love. I didn't know anything. I I just started learning the songs. I mean, I didn't know. I'm not Irish. I didn't grow up with Irish music. I didn't know any Irish tunes. I kind of like sign language. I I didn't know anything. And then ABC and one, two, three, same thing with music. So everyone was like, well, you got to go to Ireland. You got to go to Ireland in the summer. You got to hit the festivals. And everyone was going. So it just seemed like the thing to do. So I did. And I did. I played music. I hitchhiked around. I met people. I 
you know, I made friends. I, I met some guys and I lived with them in Galway, Ireland for two and a half months. Like I paid Are rent. Yeah. I paid rent. I worked at a cafe under the table. Oh my God. <laughs> I lived there. Like I got mail there. Like I lived there. Yeah. Two and a half months, Galway, Ireland. So your entire trip lasted how long? Six months. Six months. A little bit about what happened in France while you were hitchhiking after you took the ferry and you arrived there. Like what, what happened? I went to France because I was in the Southwest of Ireland in a town called Kenmare at one of these pubs where I met one of these random guys and he was an accordion player. And he said, I'm taking the ferry to France. Specifically, it's the Britannia region which is actually, you know, has Celtic roots apart from the rest of France. And when, yeah, and if you take the ferry from Cork, Ireland, and you just go straight, it hits that part of France, the Britannia region. It was that Northwest, he, right? Yeah, yeah, Britannia or Brittany. Yeah. He said, you want to come with? And I said, sure. So he invited me. I went with him. I, I don't even remember where we stayed I think we shared a room. I think we slept on someone's couch. I mean, I really don't even know. I just followed this guy. We played music and listened to music. And then I met some French guys and they invited me back to like their farmhouse in the country. I went hiking. I ate French food. I'd never been to France before. This was like my first time, you know, anywhere in Europe or anywhere. I mean, I really did. Um, I went from never having flown to like immediately cooking it up in Ireland. Just the best. From the puddle jumper to the world, right? <laughs> for six months. Yep. Yeah, when the bug bit you for travel, like it really did a job. Wonderlust has no, no, uh, nothing on you. I had the wonderlust. Wow. That is exactly right. That's cool. I'm so glad you shared that story. I'm glad I got to tell you that story. You yeah. know, um, I've done so many things in my life. Honestly, sometimes I literally forget them until someone will say something and I'll be like, oh, wait, I've been there. Or, oh, wait, I did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Such the Gemini. That's what I would say. That's my Gemini brother talking. Yeah, exactly. Right. We, we have some interesting lives. We do. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say? Oh. I'm glad you do this podcast. I think this is a great way for you to connect with your friends and your family to talk about our passions. I'm really glad I get to share these stories with you and talk with you and spend time with you. And I'm glad I get to be appreciated for the travel, the freedom, the self-expression and the passion in life. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for spending time. Thank you for sharing that part of yourself. It benefits a lot of folks. I'm moved by it. I'm inspired by it. Nice. I am looking forward to more travel to come this summer. And I'm looking forward to seeing your pictures, more pictures with your cross-country trips. And Mooney and John. It's gonna be you know good. what? I you You've inspired me to make sure that this summer I do that right. And I really document it. Sometimes I am not I'm not disciplined in like a daily picture or a daily post. And I'm going to want to remember this. So I think you're right. Uh, I think I like to commit to making sure I really like document this. Thank you. We're going to be on the lookout for it, right? <laughs> yeah. And if I don't, I, I want you to hurry up and text me and go, Andrea, where are you? Send me a picture. Yes. I take that on. I absolutely will. 
All right, I like that. You've been listening to Freedom Now Travel. Express yourself. You just heard Andrea Alefi talk about the freedom she experienced while traveling across the United States four times so far. And her six months in Ireland, hitchhiking, living what she calls the bohemian life. Be on the lookout for next week's bonus episode on Wednesday, where we'll hear Andrea say, because it was still COVID, can't do any wrong thing. But then when we went cross country with a dog, things changed because we realized everywhere we went with our dog, people would want to come. Who's your dog? How old's your dog? Oh, your dog's so cute. Is he a puppy? So Mooney actually really brought America to us. This episode is edited by Jonathan Murphy, our current intern from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Thanks, Jonathan. And I'm Antonio Goodwin, your host. Be sure to subscribe. Find us on anchor.fm or on Spotify. And if you go on Spotify, you can engage with us with some questions and polls that go along with the episode. Check out our blog where we go in depth about what's being shared on that particular episode. And by all means, share all of this goodness and inspiration with someone you love. I look forward to being with you the next time. Ciao for now.